This message was preached as pulpit supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Well, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, um, we're going to be looking here at uh, starting in verse 12, and um, the idea that Paul is getting across, I believe, is that uh, salvation is by grace alone. Amen? Amen. Salvation is by grace alone to the glory of God alone. Amen? Amen. Uh, and, and that's really how they can be. How, how, how can great salvation be by uh, give... Gl- I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm getting tongue-tied. I'm so excited about this. Um, how can salvation give the most glory to God? By, but if it is by grace alone. We don't get any credit for our salvation, do we? God gets all the glory. Now, let's go ahead and take a look at uh, uh, starting in verse 12. I thank Him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because He judged me faithful, appointing me to His service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent opponent. But I received mercy because I acted in ignorant, ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and was deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. But I receive mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display His perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in Him for eternal life. To the King of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we thank You for Your Word. We pray that You would receive all glory this morning as we meet to worship You. Father, we, uh, we meet to praise You, to give You glory. And we thank You, Lord, that You listen to our prayers. Lord, You are magnificent. You are all-powerful. You are all-knowing. Lord, you keep the stars in their places, and yet you condescend to listen to us. Father, we pray that you would speak to us by your word. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Give me grace and strength as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Paul cuts right to the quick. It's all about grace, isn't it? He says, I thank God. Him. <laughs> From the very beginning here in this text, he's thanking God. He's thanking God. It's, it's all about grace. I thank Him who has given me strength. God is the one who's given Paul strength to carry out the ministry that he's called him to do. Um, we, saw, we, we can see in the earlier chapters, or earlier verses, Paul says, as I urged you, when I was going to Macedonia to remain at Ephesus, that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine in order to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Well, anyway, he's, he's 
saying he left Timothy there in Crete, and and he had a ministry that he was fulfilling. And uh, verse uh, eleven here it says, in accordance with the glorious gospel, uh, the gospel of the glory of the blessed God, which I have been entrusted, which I have been entrusted. So here Paul understands he's been entrusted with the gospel message. He's been entrusted with a ministry that he needs to carry out, and he thanks God that he's been. He's given it to him, and he's given him the strength to carry this ministry out. He identifies Jesus Christ our Lord as the one who's given him this strength. And he says, because he judged me faithful, appointing to me to his service. The word here, judge, it's the idea of thinking or considering. He considered Paul faithful. And what we're going to read about Paul here in just a minute isn't something that's going to be very flattering to Paul. (laughs) What Paul says here is he was the chief of sinners. And yet, here, it's by grace that God, that Jesus, considered Paul faithful to carry out this ministry. Here he says, Jesus considered him faithful, though formerly I was a blasphemer. I was a persecutor, an insolent opponent. We know about Paul's story. Paul, on the road to Damascus, he was there uh, ready to persecute Christians. He was going to uh, arrest Christians and take them back to put them in prison. He was going to, to beat them and flog them. And instead, while he was on the way to do that, he met Jesus, didn't he? He met Jesus. Jesus appeared to him in light and he he was blinded. We know that part of the story. And, and, And he was changed from a man who was persecuting the church to a man who became the greatest apostle. He wrote half of the New Testament. Paul, Paul here, he gives thanks to God who, in spite of the fact that he was such a violent person. He wanted to persecute Christians. He wanted to drag them off in chains. He was a violent man. He was a blasphemer. He didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. He slandered the faith. And yet in spite of of the wickedness that he used to be, God showed him grace and appointed him to a ministry. Here, in the next part, he says, but I received mercy because. We see that word mercy. We all, I think uh, most of us probably uh, understand mercy is when we don't get what we deserve, right? It's when we don't get what we deserve. We deserve God's wrath. We deserve hell. We deserve to be children of wrath. Born in our sin. And yet, we don't get that. Jesus came and died for us. And He did the same for Paul. He says, I receive mercy. And I get this kind of... This, is, this doesn't seem to make sense to us. I mean, we're so used to it that it just kind of goes right on past us. But think about this. I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. Does that seem to go together? Why would you show somebody mercy? Paul here says he received mercy because he was ignorant. (laughs) 
He received mercy because he was unbelieving. You'd almost think, well, well, somebody should should uh, receive mercy because maybe their good outweighed their bad, or maybe maybe because uh, they were they were just uh, they were really really helpful with people or something like that. But no, Paul says, I received mercy because I was ignorant. I just didn't know. He he was he was he received mercy because he was an unbeliever. <laughs> I acted in ignorance and unbelief. And he says, the grace of the Lord overflowed for me with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Paul, he was, a, he was the worst, wasn't he? He, he was a, a, a persecutor of the church and yet... God had mercy on him. And with this mercy, it changed his life. He, whenever he received grace, the Lord overflowed for him faith and love. That faith didn't come from himself. As Ephesians tells us, uh, we are, by grace we are saved through faith, not of ourselves, but it is the gift of God. God gave Paul the faith to be able to believe whenever he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And uh, love. Paul went from someone who hated Christians, who wanted to stamp out the faith, to someone who had the love of God overflowing from his heart. And that's the kind of change that the Gospel makes in us when we believe in Him. Love overflows. We are overwhelmed by the love of God that He has for us. Do you feel overwhelmed by the love of God that He has for you? We're overwhelmed, and that overflows to those around us. We do good deeds, not to be saved, but we do good deeds because God loves us so much, and that just overflows to all around us, doesn't it? Next, Paul says, This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. He wants you to take this to the bank. He wants you to believe that this is, he has confidence. This is true. And what's true? That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Amen? Amen. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Jesus said, I came for the sick and not the well. He came for the broken. He came for the despised. He came for those who could not help themselves. And Paul here says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. The older translations, they'll say, of whom I am the chief. And in the Greek, it says, I'm the first, which I think that would be in rank. So he's, he's the worst. Paul here admits that he was the worst of all sinners. Now, sometimes I don't think he's right there because I look at myself. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you can relate. You feel like you are the worst. Well, Paul here gives us some hope. He was a persecutor of the church. He was, he was uh, uh, self-righteous. He was perfect by the law's standards. And yet his righteousness were as filthy rags. Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. 
But again, he says, I receive mercy. He said that just a little bit ago. He said, I receive mercy because I was ignorant. I received mercy because I was in unbelief. And now he says, but I received mercy for this reason. He gives us another reason why he received mercy. I receive mercy for this reason, that in me as the foremost, as the worst of the sinners, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. God loves to save sinners. God loves to reach down and pluck the worst out and save them. He's not looking for somebody who has it all together. He's not looking for someone who's all got, you know, who's who's all holier than thou. He's looking for the worst. And he goes down into the gutter and he picks us up and he washes us off and he makes us his child. Amen? And Paul says. He received mercy so that he would be an example to those who were going to believe. Paul could say, if God could save me, a persecutor of the church, then he can save you. That's how Paul was an example. God saved the one who was a persecutor so that anybody else who's thinking, well, I'm just so bad, I don't know that God could ever save me, could look at Paul and say, well, if he can save Paul, then He can save me. Amen? I don't know what you've done. I mean, uh, this is a bigger congregation than I'm used to preaching to. I I, I said the church plant where I'm at, we've got my family and two other people and a few other people that show up. But in a crowd this size, I imagine that it's likely that not everybody here is a believer. Although, you know, in our society today, most unbelievers, they won't even set foot in a church. So I don't know. But maybe you're here today and you've never trusted in Christ and maybe you think, well, God wouldn't want me. I'm so, I'm so sinner. Why would, God ever, why would God ever want me? And Paul here says, I'm the example. I was the worst of sinners. And God loves to take the worst and clean them up. And you know why? It's so that He gets the glory. And so that he gets the glory. Paul, he's so overwhelmed. So overwhelmed by the grace that he has received. He, he received mercy because he was ignorant. That's not something you want to put on your resume. <laughs> he, he received mercy because he acted in unbelief. Not very flattering to Paul, is it? He received mercy so that he could be an example that God is perfectly patient. He could be an example that no one is beyond the reach of His grace. And Paul, he's so overwhelmed by this, he bursts out into praise. That last verse, he says, to the King of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory and forever and ever. Amen. To the King of the ages, Jesus, 
who is seated at the Father's right hand interceding for us. Immortal. He never dies. Invisible. God is a spirit. He he doesn't have a body like men. Now, He came in the form of Jesus Christ. He came and He had a body and He ascended into heaven with a body. And one of these days, He's going to return with a body. But He's not with us now. We don't see Him. To the only God, there is no one like Him. No idol of wood or stone. There's no one else like Him. To the only God be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul recognized that the fact that he was saved by God's grace and not for anything that he had done, in fact, in spite of everything that he had done, means that God gets the glory. When we get saved, it's the same way. He doesn't... Try to find somebody who's just doing a real good job already. (laughs) No, each one of us can attest we were lost. We We were bound for hell. We deserve God's wrath. And He loved us so much while we were yet sinners that He reached down and plucked us out from the flames. If there's anyone here today who feels like you've sinned too much beyond His grace, you you feel like you could never be accepted, look at Paul. He said, I was the worst. If, If God could save Paul, He can save you too. Now, recently I've become very good friends with a a, a man who's just a couple years younger than me. It was right about the time, it was the week before I preached this text at the church where I pastor. And uh, this man, he, uh, he was in some trouble. He didn't go to church. He didn't go, he, he'd never uh, been involved in church. He, he, had, he had very little knowledge of the Bible at all. But uh, he was in some trouble with the law. And uh, what he was in trouble with was something that most people probably wouldn't want to even associate with him. But he gave me a call, or not a call, he gave me a text and he said, I need somebody to talk to you. Can you come and talk to me? And uh, I went and I visited with him. I listened to him for about an hour. And he shared about what he's going through and I'll spare you the details. But after I listened to him for about an hour, I said, I'm not a lawyer. I can't give you advice on that. I'm not a psychologist. I can't give you advice on that, but I'm, I'm a preacher, so here's the Gospel. I explained the Gospel to him. I explained that, that we are all sinners and that God came, he, he sent His Son Jesus to die for us just in a, in a nutshell. And, and, and I said, have you ever trusted in, in Christ? If you, you know, I don't think I put it that way. But I said, would you like to trust in Jesus now to save you from your sins? And he believed. Man, that guy has changed. He, has, he, he reads his Bible every day. He's texting me constantly with all kinds of questions. I mean, this guy has changed. Um, God loves to take the worst of the worst because it gives Him glory. It gives Him glory. You know, as you look out into your community, there may be people who you think, 
well, I don't know if I want to associate with them. Just remember, God loves to take the worst of the worst. God loves to take the ones who no one would think they'd ever get saved. He loves to take them and change them and make them new creatures in Christ Jesus. Amen? Glory to Him. To the King of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be glory, be honor and glory forever. Amen. He's done great things. Amen.